made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, a.k.a. the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar slash referee, because we've been talking about the refs a lot. Um, so welcome to this podcast. We finally have a win. Patrick Mahomes uh, sneaks by a third loss in a row, which he's never done in his career, and we can continue that streak. He's only had two games in a row, which is pretty amazing. Um, so we get the win against the Patriots, but before we break down the win against the Patriots, Reese, how's it going? What are you up to today? What are you doing for the holidays? Man, so after this podcast, I'm going to be going to Union Station with my lovely wife and oh, my lovely jealous. in-laws. Jealous. Dude, did you, ever, did you ever hit a Pierpont's restaurant while you were there? Oh, yeah. Um, during restaurant week, Logan and I tried to go to like the most expensive restaurants in Kansas City, and one of them, yeah, was Pierpont. Dude, uh, it was a, you know, originally it was meant to be a basketball themed restaurant. What? <laughs> like yeah, a dude, sports was, bar? Yeah, kind of like a sports bar. It's going to be called Paul, Paul Pierce Ponce. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I made that up. That's Wait, but are, are you serious that it used to be a basketball? It was going to be a basketball? Oh, okay. No, it was all set up for a bad joke. I, promise. I was like, I was like, boy, did they dodge a bullet there? Because they made they're probably making so much money with the with what it is now. Yeah, but speaking of basketball, did you ever go to the NCAA? It's like the the college basketball experience that's part of like Power and Light and Union Station. No, I never did. I've heard it's dope. It it's does, like it doesn't look very appealing on the outside, which is why I never went. Really. Yeah, I don't know. It just it looks very gimmicky and very like Disney, but in a bad way. I've heard it's kind of like Legoland for basketball, where it's stuff like you oh, know, cool. how big is your hand compared to like you know Kawhi Leonard's, and can you hit a jump shot on like the original Peach basketball hoop sort of thing? You know, that kind of wow. jazz. So yeah, maybe maybe can, we'll you, send... can you hit as hard as Draymond Green? <laughs> Dude, I, I can't wait to like NBA 2K30 when it's gonna have like Draymond challenges where it's like Draymond, you have to get suspended. Draymond animations, yeah. like when he fouls someone, he, he does a little, little elbow shove. Yeah, like like most games, you know, it's like triangle, celebrate, circle, show off. You know, X is high five. It's like they're all just different like Draymond strike zones or something like that. Oh, that's oh. funny. Yeah, so that's kind of my immediate what's going on. What, what about you? I hear a little guy in the background there. Yeah, little guy in the background. We have uh, we're on school break, so we're just hanging out with Theo. They're actually about to go on a walk right now, so that's nice. Fun. But he's doing great, man. He's almost he's almost walking on his own, which is pretty wild. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing like the one hand. Oh, here he comes. Oh, hey buddy. Guess, guess spot. Hey buddy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh. You can almost say bye. It's really cute. Dude, I got some of but that. But no, out things there. are good, man. Um, what are we doing for Christmas? Christmas, we're gonna hang out with uh, Logan's Logan's family, uh, the in-laws, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, the nephews and the nephews. So it'll be great, man. I'm really excited. I don't think I'm smoking any hams this uh, this time, but uh, mm. yeah, it's gonna be good. How about you? Are you gonna make any food for Christmas? Are you gonna use a smoker? Um, I think there was talk of that at one point. I think I think we're going to Noel's parents' place for Christmas dinner, and I think they're making something. And I do think she talked her out of ham, which I am very upset about because A, I love ham, and B, Debbie's ham goes hard. But I think we're doing... <laughs> man, what are we doing instead? It might be lamb. She cheeseburgers. Also, oh, I do cheeseburgers. Christmas cheeseburgers. Uh, Christmas lamb, I guess. Yeah, Christmas lamb is traditional. Yeah. I've never had was, Christmas lamb. Oh, dude, lamb is so good when it's prepared correctly. But lamb is one of those things you always have to make sure you get it from a reputable place. Like, don't go to, like, Price Chopper or Walmart and get your lamb. You know, go to, like, Hen House or a nice butcher to get it. 
because lamb can be super kind of like gamey tasting yeah you know what i'm saying like like how good salmon doesn't taste like fish it just tastes right. like salmon yeah good lamb tastes like lamb it doesn't taste gamey so <laughs> well that's good I, I hope you i hope you have a great christmas um although you won't be smoking that ham no nope. and same i won't be smoking ham either i did that last year and it's really good i use basically the same seasoning that i use for my ribs yeah like i did the exact same thing smoked that for like eight hours oh so good Dude, smoked ham is the best because it's so versatile. You can be like, I'm going to have it by itself. I'm going to dice it up and have it with eggs. I'm going to make it like, you know, ham and potatoes. I'm going to use the rest of it in a soup. You know, you can't do that with any other barbecue meat, can you? I don't think so. Nope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ham is versatile. Ham is lovely. And ham is tasty. Reese, it is the Christmas season. It's the season of giving. If we have some fans out there that maybe want to give a little more this Christmas, particularly want to want to give to a growing podcast, we have the stats to back that up. If they want to give to a growing podcast like us, how can they donate during this Christmas season? You should invest in NFTs, by which I mean not for too long will you lose money on this investment. Uh, that is our Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you can get access to outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive miniseries, including Season Zero, The COVID Season, The Michael Jordan Last Dance Documentary, and Speedy and Angry, the 10-part in-depth deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise. It is tax deductible. I actually don't know that, but I'm sure you could count it as a donation, right? <laughs> and the cops are coming and yep, they are arresting Reese live on air. If you want to donate, I will record this and send it to you. Yeah, it's probably not tax deductible. Uh, I will say, you know, as a not lawyer, this is not legal advice. Don't write that off on your taxes. We're getting goodwill. His, his tax attorney calls and or, his, or someone's tax lawyer or whatever calls and hey you spent how much for what what is a fountain city sports media on patreon are you laundering your money is that is that like an asmr thing oh jeez oh man that'd be actually yeah the fountain city asmr channel anyway <laughs> check us out there all right, excellent. Thank you, Reese. Let's get into the game. We finally turned the tide. The Chiefs win against the New England Patriots, 27-17 to against the almighty Bailey Zappi. And I don't even know who their running back was. Something Harris? K. Harris? I don't remember. Only had four carries. That's why it wasn't very memorable. Uh, Reese, let's talk about this game. So even though we won, um, there's some things we got to clean up still. What, what were some things that, that stood out to you in this game? Well, so I will say the one thing that stood out to me is that even despite the late game interception touchdown, it, it dawned on me. I think we were up 27-10 with like 12, 15 minutes left in the game. Uh -huh. I'm like, I don't have any worry that we're going to lose this game. I really don't. I'm like, I can, I'm not bored by any stretch, but I'm not invested in this because I honest to goodness don't believe the Patriots are magically going to rip 17 points off when they've only scored 10 all game. Right. And, you know, it's like the Patriots are supposed to have a good defense, right, in theory? Yeah, still. Mm -hmm. We put 27 on them. Arguably could have been more, but missed a field goal, so it was close to right. 30, and that was a chip shot for him. So we put 27 up on a pretty good defense, but it's a team that doesn't have a complementary offense. So, you know, not unlike my Iowa Hawkeyes in that sense. So I'm trying to figure out, did we win this game comfortably? 
Or would this have been just another one of those games we played for the last nine, ten weeks if the Patriots would have had an offense with half a pulse? Oof. If this was the Mac Jones Patriots with like a Matt Judon on defense, I feel like we still win this game, maybe not by ten. Maybe it's a closer game. But yeah, I think I think we saw a lot of great things from this offense. Um, particularly, I guess we'll talk about the good and then I'll talk about the bad about this offense. But the great thing about this offense, Reese, is finally they listened to Found City Sports Media and they're paying attention to us because Rasheed Rice had a game high nine targets with nine receptions. And that's what we want to see, right? That's that's a trend that is trending up and something that we're going to see in the playoffs and finally we're starting to see that consistency and even without an Isaiah Pacheco we, we did pretty well right CEH has four targets four receptions for 64 yards not great on the ground but of course we have that all-time one-on-one catch in the end zone that we haven't seen since like Daryl Williams in the Super Bowl good um, so a lot of a lot of great things are happening on this offense. There's another nuance argument that I'll bring up a little bit later, but at least we're spamming our good guys because uh, and then we got Travis Kelsey. He had seven targets, by the way, but only five receptions. Looks like people are triple quadruple teaming him. So there's not a lot of hope there. But again, when that happens, a Rashid Rice is freed up. And when Isaiah Pacheco comes back, I'm excited. So, yeah, I thought this was a great win, Reese, and I think this is a good trend in the right direction i want to say about rasheed rice i think one fallacy we keep hearing throughout the season is that you know with this wide receiver room the talk has been well you lost juju and replaced his production with rashi rice and yeah i mean it's true that rice might end up with about 920 yards like juju had last year But it's kind of disingenuous because it has to do with the type of production Juju brought last year. Juju was a chain mover on third down. He was that second Travis Kelsey safety valve. He was a vertical passing threat downfield in these instances. Whereas I don't want to say Rasheed Rice's yards are manufactured the way that like McCole Hardman's yards are usually manufactured. But... I would be this is like Michael Thomas era right now. It's like I'd be curious to see like how yeah. cumulative how many yards downfield the ball has traveled for his passing yards this year because it's yeah. a lot of like glorified screenplays or quick slants which I'm fine with. Works. But I will he's, say I think he's top sorry about uh, just a quick interruption. I no, saw a stat I think he's fourth in the league for yak. Fourth and lead for Yak, I'd believe that. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked on that like, at all. And it's like it's like Debo, it's like all the elite receivers and Rasheed. Just <laughs> so it's, anyway, so it's the 49ers offense and Rasheed Rice. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, but but okay. All this to say though, I will say this is the first game where I think Rasheed Rice showed up a few times on third down and he moved the chains. It wasn't like quick slant for 12, 15 yards. It was third and seven. Oh, Rasheed Rice just got nine. Time to make a play. Yeah. So that's encouraging. If we can get more of that out of him, I think we saw that also kind of took some of the stress off of Travis Kelsey. He didn't have a big game, but, you know, Bill was going to take him away at all costs. Right, right. So. And actually, I want to bring up one point of that, and I think we're going to see this more. The very first play of the game, Reese, I think was perfectly scripted by Andy and told Bill you know, how this game was going to be dictated. Um, I forget what exactly happened, but Tyreek just does a little bubble route. And Is it Tyreek? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was, I was watching Hard Knocks all day. We can talk about that too. Anyway, no, sorry. Uh, Travis is just doing like 
a little blip out, right? A little blip route. And there was like three guys that crowded him. Well, who gets the ball for a big play? It's Noah Gray. And Reese, I think I think we're going to see a lot of that going forward because they have the script on Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's had a pretty bad like four weeks. And I think like the, the script is out. They know how to guard him. And I think we have developed a counter where now we can say, all right, fine. You're going to put all this attention on him. You're going to put some attention on Rasheed Rice. I think Noah Gray's going to cook a little bit, Reese, particularly in the playoffs. So I think that first play is going to, it's, it's going to set the tone for what we might do going forward. Well, an interesting statistic is we've been very successful, particularly towards the end of last season, running 13 men personnel with two tight ends. Mm-hmm. But this year, since the bye week, we've actually gone from running 10% up to the bye week to 5% since. So we're actually using it less, which is interesting considering we're taking snaps away from some of our wide receivers and trying to get right. Noah Gray more involved in the passing offense. So it's a little confusing. Like, I'm trying to read the tea leaves on this one, and I can't tell, are they going to rely on Noah Gray more because he's been one of the more consistent producers in this offense? I think that's the way to do it when we don't have a deep threat down the field. Just keep dinking and dunking and play that intermediate game, man. Well, here's a little hot take for you. Do we know what they're going to do? No, but you know what rumors I've been hearing, Reese? So now we have uh, Sky Moore uh, is on the IR, which means that we have one spot open on the roster. Who's another tight end that might be able to do this 13 personnel that's that's uh, waiting out there in the free agency? Zach? Hurts. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Hurst. I'm like, yeah, man, L- <laughs> Hayden, legendary Bengals Hurst, tight end, <laughs> the best tight end in, in NFL history. For those of you that don't know, Reese, Reese, I think called him like top five all time or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> last year when we talked about the Bengals. But no, Reese, Zach Ertz is still out there. Yeah, he's not the same. But for him to be tight end two in this offense, where it looks like Travis Kelsey's gonna be triple team for the remainder of the year into the playoffs, that could be pretty exciting. So I'm curious on him because obviously everybody knows Zach Ertz, right? And he was kicked off. Well, not kicked off. He was waived by a really bad team, correct? Uh, No. Oh, you mean the Cardinals? Yes. The Cardinals. Yes. The Cardinals. Yes. But uh, but that that was like an agreed thing because Zach Ertz wanted to compete for a championship and they like were like, okay, that's fine. Plus they had Trey McBride who's just balling out right now. And here's my only my only contested contested thing with with him is that he's now been a free agent for four weeks and nobody's picked him up. Do you think people are seeing something that we as fans don't get to see because we're not working him out and trying him out? I mean, it, it could also be that he has had offers and he's declining. Like it, it could be that he's waiting for the opportunity like, like Kareem Hunt, right? Kareem Hunt didn't sign to a team until Nick Chubb um, was injured and went on IR. So it could be one of those situations where he's just waiting for the opportunity. But yeah, sure, like Zach Ertz has definitely lost a step. Zach Ertz is not as athletic as he used to be, but he's smart and we need a smart player. And again, it, it's a very um, low risk, high high reward type of situation. If he doesn't pan out, that's fine. Like we can put Noah Gray back in and we lose a roster spot. But if it works and we have another very intelligent tight end that can, you know, comp Implement this improvisational offense. We could be, you know, that could be the next, this could be the missing piece in this year's playoffs. I wish he was a better blocker because I would give, you know, my kingdom to get Blake Bell off this team at this point. (laughs) 
because he's only called upon like once, maybe twice a game, and every time yeah, he comes yeah, out, one he target, screws zero it up. receptions. Well, you didn't know, don't don't There's, don't sugarcoat this. That was not one target, zero receptions. That was one target, and he gets big brothered by a rookie linebacker who just takes the ball out of his hands. And I, that wasn't a pick six, I don't think. But it's just like, no. dude, you're a tight end and a big, thick boy. How are you? How are you going to let him take that away from you when it's right in your mitts? Yeah, it's it's weird that we're we're playing three tight ends anyway. I'm sure it's so that when Jody Fordson gets a little better or when he recovers, then he's going to take that slot. I don't foresee Blake Bell being a part of this future, especially if when Jody Fordson gets healthy. Do you think Jody Fordson is going to get healthy? I hope so. <laughs> okay, honest question. Who makes an impact sooner, Jody Fortson or Justin Ross? Oh, God. Yeah, think on that for a bit. I mean, there's a chance that Justin Ross can make a, make a difference this year, although it seems like Andy's trying to like like boost snaps for Richie James, which then is going to be less snaps for Ross, so that could not happen. Once Fortson is healthy, we know he can we can plug and play. Like, we've seen that. We've seen him. It's always like one reception for one yard, one touchdown, one target. Like, give me that, Jody Fortson. So I'm going to say Jody Fortson because Ross has a, like, I think Andy's trying to develop some other guys before we get Ross into the system, particularly Richie James. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so let's let's take a pivot here. We we think Zach Ertz would be a net positive. We can get him for pennies on the dollar. You know, <laughs> be great. Here's the thing. Let's talk about our current wide receiver and pass catching. Situation. No, I don't want to. We talk well, about every week. I hate it. Well, we but it's it's an ongoing saga. I'm just and this we have week, to talk about it. Th- so let me donate on Patreon because we're torturing ourselves. My favorite television shows are ones that have lore and ones that can move the plot forward. There is nothing worse than a show that's like an eight to ten episode season and they give you like six episodes of nothingness and one maybe two episodes that actually move the plot along one of those episodes usually being the first episode of the season and one being the last episode of the season that's terrible writing you know what's great writing though is what happened to the chiefs wide receiver room this week and let's start with Kadarius tony and Oh, dude, Armando, how do you feel about Kadarius Tony after that game? I'm I'm so upset, Reese. Reese, from the beginning of the year, I said that Kadarius Tony was going to be wide receiver one. I think I even put like a like a seventh round draft pick in our fantasy league and got Kadarius Tony. I was like, man, this guy is going to ball out. Reese, I don't know what's going on this year. I, it has to be a mental block because we've seen Kadarius Tony play at an elite level when he's healthy there's no indication that he's injured or he's playing injured i think this is all mental and sometimes you just can't break that mental block so i'm upset and i'm also ready to move on from Kadarius tony even from saying he was going to be my wide receiver one darling we thought that this wide receiver room was going to be stacked and i said he was going to be the feature of this stacked wide receiver room reese i'm ready to cut ties unfortunately goodbye Kadarius tony now, when you say cut ties, are you talking about putting him on the bench or are you talking about putting him on waivers? Uh, I mean, probably bench because I feel like we could get some value for him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't I don't want to see him in the playoffs. Man, it's so hard because he's a really talented player like he has super talented. He has it all. I mean, when he has the ball in his hands, he probably has like 
top 3% skill. You know, like how Tyreek has like that S tier speed. Kadarius Tony has like S tier elusiveness and just route running. But dude, his hands, they're just awful. And his head, like you said, he's never in the game. Here's something they pointed out in 810 radio, and I had to go check this out myself. So when Kadarius Tony allows that interception, that was eerily similar to the one in the Lions game, right? We can picture that. Yep, yep. You think that Andy Reid's going to bench Tony, but on the very next offensive snap, he's out there, and guess what he's doing? The same play. He's lined up in the neutral zone, just like oh, against oh, the Bills. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude. I, I mean, again, is this like an Embry thing where we need somebody with more badges that can just like beat it into Kadarius Tony? Be like, line up. You know, I, I've put like an ankle bracelet on you that's going to shock you every time you do something wrong. <laughs> so you better be focused on not being in the neutral zone. And you better hope that if a ball hits you in the hands, you bring it in, you know? Yeah, no, Reese. I told you. I mean, I'm, 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 I miss Eb. Eb was that guy, right? Not only play caller, but also culture of accountability in the Kansas City Chiefs, and we don't have that anymore. Uh, but yeah, Reese, it's it's just getting too close to uh, to the playoffs, and we need to have some sort of consistency. We have Rasheed Rice, we have Travis Kelsey as this decoy now. Fine. Now we have to fill out the roster with other weapons and right now tony's not a weapon he's a liability and playoff games are won by a fumble a touchdown a mistake right one mistake is going to dictate round one of the playoffs or the super bowl right so you have to mitigate your mistakes when it comes to the playoffs Kadarius tony is a big liability who will make mistakes therefore get out of here I want to read you some quotes from Andy Reid from a press conference earlier this week. When asked about sitting Tony down from the starting lineup, head coach Andy Reid took his usual approach and said, quote, we'll see how things go. I'm not down. I don't know if that's usual approach, by the way. I think for him to say that, to say, we'll see how it goes. That's pretty negative coming from Andy Reid. I mean, that's true. But let's look at the rest of the context of what he says. So he says, I'm not down on Tony. He's done some good things. He's a young guy. He's 24. We're not talking about somebody that has been in this league a long time. When he, uh, sorry, that he was then asked in a similar sentiment on Monday if Tony would get the same opportunities as the playoffs come into view. Andy said, quote, I'm not going to get into all that. The obvious is that Kadarius Tony has to make sure he catches the ball and does that. He's got a tremendous amount of talent. He's a good kid, good attitude, good kid. You have to make those plays. He knows that as well as anybody. I'll just leave it at that. So now, looking at the whole quote in context, what do you think the remaining season arc for Kadarius Tony's going to look like? Less snaps, less targets, less receptions. Again, like Andy Reid gives his guys chances, and you can see Travis Kelsey at the end of the game put his arms around Tony. I even think, I mean, I'm reading into the tea leaves here, but at the end of the game, Andy and Pat had an exchange, and you can see Pat going, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of him, was what I saw from the lips. I think they were talking about Kadarius there. So I think they're going to try to give him a chance. But once we get to, again, the last couple weeks, they got to lock in. If he's still dropping balls, there's no way he's going to be in this offense. If you think of Sky Moore, like for Sky Moore is a great example last year. He wasn't dropping balls. He just wasn't really a part of the offense, right? Mm-hmm. Which, therefore, then Andy still gave him a chance in the playoffs, right? He wasn't making mistakes. He just 
just wasn't a part of the offense. Therefore, Andy, you know, started to give him a little bit more towards the playoffs, saw enough, and then made a memorable play in the Super Bowl. But he wasn't making mistakes. He just wasn't being productive. Tony is making mistakes. Mistakes, again, are not going to translate into the into the, or will translate into the playoffs. Liability, nah. Yeah, it, it sucks because, again, he has so much potential. Andy says as much in this quote. But he's been like a net negative on this wide receiver room this year. I mean, actually, I, I wouldn't mind if he is just the punt returner. I mean, like, like I'm okay with boomer bust, even if he drops one fine, but I, there, there's just so much boom factor, like more so in, in punt returning than there is him being a wide receiver. Let's just have him be that. That so way he's the, fresh and can be elusive. Here's the other catch 22 on that though, is we've got Richie James shagging punts right now and right. he catches that ball so decisively that I'm like, do we want to screw that up now that we have someone who's finally not muffing every third punt? Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, this is a good question because now I want to leapfrog. I feel like Richie James is now the Sky Moore situation where, like, we weren't seeing a lot of Richie James. We're not seeing a lot of Richie James this year. Like, we did not see a lot of Sky Moore. But again, it's not that he's messing up, right? It's not that he's, like, not catching balls. Um, He was targeted four times, caught two. For this last game I feel like oh no sorry that's wrong he was he was one for one with with that 17 yard catch I feel like we're gonna see some more Richie James in the playoffs Reese I think I don't know if he's gonna be wide receiver too but I think we're gonna see some big time plays from from Richie James going forward what do you think you know I would like to believe that because Andy Reid just said in the same press conference Richie's gonna play more than two snaps right. I didn't have him in on enough stuff that's on me so, but look, only two snaps, one reception for a big one for 17 yards. I think Richie James can be a very productive possession receiver for us. His game kind of reminds me. Don't don't crap on me for this. He kind of reminds Moss. me. Of, no, no, like that Puka Nakua kind of receiver. You know, where like I sure. think he runs a good route. I think he's deceptively fast. And I think he's got pretty solid hands. So it's like, would he be a great chain mover? Or if we have to dial up, you know, one play a drive to Richie James, do I trust he's going to do what he needs to do? I think right now I do. He put up, I can't even remember, it was like six or 700 yards last year with Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Yeah. So I, I do think there's room for Richie James in this offense. And if he's going to take somebody's snaps, I'd like to see it be Kadarius Tony right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I see a little more of him, a little bit more of Justin Watson, and I think um, it's a formidable offense. Again, I think I think if we have those two catch in like two a game, then I think we're back to average. Which yeah. again, this is the vice versa of last year. We just need an average offense to win the Super Bowl because we have an elite defense. Speaking about elite defense, and stop me if you want to go back to the offense, but Reese, this defense it continues to cook. I know it was Bailey Zappi. I understand. But still, it's still the Patriots. They still came with some fire. And our, our boys showed out, man. Willie Gay, Charles Amenahu, Legarius Sneed as always. Reese, how'd you like that? How'd you like that defense? You know, I liked the second half defense much more than the first half defense. The first half defense felt very similar to the first half defense we had against the Raiders in that they came out looking very slow, pretty flat-footed, letting them convert a lot, a lot of third downs to the point that, oh my gosh, dude, like Hunter Henry, I know he's a good tight end, but there came a point where I'm just like, Spags, what are you going to do? You have to bracket Henry. He's their only weapon. He's gashing us. I'm not worried about anybody else in this team. 
but Henry carved us up. His final, so his final stat line was seven receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown. Damn. I am shocked it was that low because it seriously felt like he had 10 or 11 for like a hundred and like two touchdowns. It was just like, it was because it was like a five yard dump off every time. It was like a five yard slant, five yard slant, five yard slant. Well, and even some of those times though, he was beating Legereus Sneed down the field, you know, and Sneed's a very athletic, tall, physical corner. So I'm just kind of like, dude, do we just need to like have too high coverage and kind of play, pay attention on Hunter Henry to slow him down? I think they did a better job of that in the second half. Yeah. Mainly when we knew they were going to pass and we kind of had to force their hand away from the run game. But, you know, I, I think the defense really put the clamps on in the second half. You know, Bailey Zappi played much worse in the second half. They did the first half. Yeah, he looked great the first half. I was like, oh, crap. But again, I'm just like, <laughs> if we played a team with a half-decent quarterback and a half-decent offense, you know, is, is this a much yeah. closer game down the wire? Yeah. I can't say I felt a whole lot better about the defense than I have the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we've lost to the Eagles, we've lost to the Bills by a few points, like for a, one possession. So that's why I'm hopeful about this defense because we've seen them against really good offenses, and not that they're putting the clamps down. Like, of course, James Cook just like absolutely cooked us, no pun intended. Um, but we're playing competitive football on defense against elite offenses. So I think that's great that. Um, like this still translated into it, right? Only 17 points um, on the ground. They only had 18 rushing yards, which is amazing, right? That front four is just looking great, man. CJ, Amenahu, man, Amenahu, like, oh man, it's so great to have him and great to, and we only need him on like that third down, right? Third down disruptor. Mike Dana playing great. Um, Derek Nandi with a sack, right? I think we had four sacks total on Bailey Zappi, which is great. Um, and seeing a lot of Willie Gay, Reese. Uh, Willie, Willie Gay looking great. Um, having him and then having Drew Tranquil, you know, Bolton. I, look, this this defense is trending in the right direction. And again, these are some easier games, although we can talk about the Jake Browning game coming up on New Year's Eve, um, maybe next week. Uh, that might not be as easy as I thought, but these should be easy games where we start to see incredible trends up for this elite defense. So here's a big question for you then. You mentioned the linebackers, which, you know, it's been a while since we've had all of our starting all linebackers and back. Chanel, yeah. I, I do think, to me, it looks like Nick Bolden is still getting back up to game speed cardio-wise. You know, he was sucking wind a few times the last few sure. weeks, which is to be expected after missing over a month. But here's a big question for you. Assuming we only keep one of the two, who would you rather extend going into the next offseason? Would you Nick Bolton or... Drew Tranquil. Wow. Uh, uh, Nick Bolton undoubtedly better than Drew Tranquil, but Drew Tranquil might be cheaper. Um, and I would love to save some money on this team. Another big hot take. Well, okay, so I'm going to say, uh, oh, man, I don't know what to say. Actually, I, I'm going to do this answer in two parts, Reese. I'm going to say Nick Bolton. We dropped Drew. Because we're not going to re-sign CJ, and we're going to re-sign Legereus Sneed. Well, I mean, it also leaves Willie Gay Jr. You got to figure out if we're going to re-sign him or not, because he's coming up this year as well. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna disagree with you on this. I think, to my eyes, Drew. Drew Tranquil is a more valuable linebacker than Nick Bolton. Whoa, I think he's Nick cheaper. Bol- he's cheaper. The, the trade-off is he's older, I think, by another 
two, maybe three years, something like that. But he is, I think, definitively more athletic and better in pass coverage than Nick Bolton is, whereas Nick Bolton is an elite run stopper, a fantastic tackler, and has a nose for the football. Uh, but, man, I was I, I thought Drew Trank would be a good depth signing coming into this year, but... By this point in the season, I was like, do we function better with Drew Tranquil and his versatility out there, particularly when Leo Chanel, our fourth linebacker, is also very much a run specialist. So, yeah, I think I, I think Nick Bolton is a playmaker and a team leader. And I feel like those are some intangibles that um that are big factors, although, yes, I think we get more bang for our buck with Drew Tranquil. I think when Nick Bolton was gone, he was the clear tackles leader by a ton. Um, so, like, Drew Tranquil can play and can, you know, be a great asset. I just feel like Nick Bolton means a lot for this team, even more so than Chris Jones when it comes to leadership and being that green dot that uh, I think we we need to keep him. But if I was, you know, if I was the GM and I'm trying to cut money or I'm trying to save money, then, yeah, it's like Drew Tranquil, cut CJ, cut Legereus Sneed and i mean that's a big gamble but it's something that could happen i guess because we are so deep now hear me out is there an option that we're not looking at here which is you keep both of them get rid of willie gay you leave bolden with the green dot and you move drew tranquil over to the outside linebacker because i think willie yeah, gay sure. I, I think he's I a little love, more athletic man yeah no he's i think he's a lot more i think willie gay like when he tackles someone like it's a game changer it could like you know, like it really sparks the offense, but like you're right, Drew Tranquil's a lot more consistent than Willie has ever been. I just, I mean, I love his his highlight playability. I'm also curious. I'm not. I'm not sure who our backup out or middle linebacker would be next year if we lost Drew, because Willie is not an inside linebacker. It's like, are we putting Jack Cochran back in there? <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's what the draft's for. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The NFL draft, baby, where hopefully we find some wide receivers. Uh, speaking of which, can, can we hop back to the offense here for a little bit to talk about a few more things? Let's do it. So, as I mentioned, with our saga going on this year, another big lore moving movement was that Sky Moore suddenly and unceremoniously moved to the injured reserve with a mystery knee swelling. Armando, what's your initial diagnosis on that? Yeah, I don't I don't want to put my tin foil hat on Reese, but it's very suspect that he was already trending down, already trending down in targets. This happens immediately on IR. Uh, again, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. I, I'm not in the, the x-ray room. I don't know what's going on. But I must say it was very suspect that this all happened right after. We, have, we haven't seen a lick of Sky Moore this year. Maybe we've seen one play. And I'm sure the wide receiver room, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they've all had conversations of, you know what? I don't think this is working out. And I wonder if that played into it. I don't know. What do you think, Reese? You ready for a hot take? Oh, no. They they broke his knee in the locker room at halftime in order to resurrect the career of Zach Ertz. Nancy Kerrigan with the crowbar. No, it's Tanya Harding <laughs> with the crowbar. No, here's my hot take. Sky Moore is a bigger bust than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Oh, my goodness. What do you think of that? 
I don't believe that. <laughs> you don't believe that? No, Sky Moore made a really important, you know, touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but no, he, Sky Moore was schemed open a very important touchdown in the Super Bowl when he was Still, on the wrong side you know, when, for the play to begin with. <laughs> but but we are but our barometer of success is catching a football. Like he caught the football and scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I don't. I, I think Ceh is a bigger bust, even though he made this Michael Jordan one on one this week. I mean this sincerely. I mean this sincerely. If they plugged you or I into that situation, I do believe we take that touchdown into the end zone. That was unguarded walking in from three yards out. Provided my knee does not just like absolutely Derrick Rose itself. I'm I'm dragging myself in if it does Derrick Rose itself. It was that open. Imagine, imagine Reese getting leveled by Hassan Riddick, or me getting leveled by, by like Jordan Davis. Oh, dude! No, what I'm saying is, we can at least identify at this point that Ceh has some sort of skill set. He is not. He's not elite at anything. He's not particularly good at anything. What's his What's his skill set? I think he's a solid running back three. A low-end running back two, solid running back three. And I think we have the data to back it up. We saw flashes in this game of what he can do. Speaking of which, shout out to that touchdown pass. That catch he had is more athletic and more impressive than any reception I've seen on Sky Moore's film in the NFL or at Western Michigan. So, yeah, no, absolutely. No, that was that was a one of a kind play. Again, I don't think we've seen a one on one play like that since the like the previous Super Bowl with Darrell Williams. I think Ceh, if he wasn't a first round draft pick, even if he was a second round draft pick, I think you even you and I view him slightly differently. But dude, Sky is like Tony. Currently, he is a net negative on this team. The one target he had, he catches it and immediately proceeds to fumble it. He was bailed out by a holding call that, again, I guess I can see it because he did grab his like shoulder pad on that. But it was he was lucky he was bailed out with a holding call because that could have changed the tone of the game. Which goes back to my original point that this feels like a game I have watched on TV for the last nine or 10 weeks where the Chiefs with like one drive that's even a field goal can put this game away and go about like 15 points. But one of these numb nuts causes a costly turnover. You're deep in our red zone or deep inside our own 20 and suddenly this game's busted wide open. Yeah, keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Whatever happened to McCole Hardman? He's still injured. Uh, I is can't. That, is that also what? a tin a tinfoil hat conspiracy? No. What did he go out with? I think he's supposed to come back this week. So some of the speculation is maybe you know like Richie James takes Sky snaps, uh, McColl takes Tony's gadgety snaps, and that's what we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, no, exactly for sure. Because but, to, and because at least Hardman like doesn't have the um, reputation of dropping balls. He just wasn't efficient. Exactly. He wasn't efficient. He wasn't DK Metcalf or Terry. Well, he did drop balls in the in punt returning, but he won't be doing that again. Yeah, which for being a return specialist coming out of Georgia, bit of an interesting situation there. Uh, So it's the it's the Kansas City curse, baby. Hey, last thing I want to ask you about Ceh here, and uh, you know this might just be me playing Madden right now, but (laughs) do you think there's any chance we line Ceh up in the slot? No, no, 
Uh, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not quick enough to be in the slot. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. McKinnon has a faster top speed, but McKinnon doesn't necessarily have very good acceleration. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance we keep CEH around for his fifth, maybe sixth year even? And Jarek McKinnon right now is essentially training him to be the next Jarek McKinnon. What's the finances look? That it would be cheap to extend him for five, right? So we turned down his fifth year option, which I'm not sure right. how that works. Then I, my guess is this means he's a free agent, and like we would have to be like we offer you this much, and someone else would have to not offer him that much. Uh, okay. But I mean, McKinnon's getting paid like a million dollars right now. You know, nobody else wanted McKinnon, so. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like if it saves us money in the long run so that we can invest in wide receivers, then sure. Because, again, Isaiah Pacheco, knock on wood, as long as he's healthy, like he's going to be the cowbell, and I don't think we really need a wide uh, a running back number two. Yeah, we need someone to help him if he has injury li- liabilities, but when it comes to game script, like it is just feed him the freaking ball and then play action from that. Um, but So if this saves us money so we, we can invest in wide receiver, fine. I don't mind, especially after last game. like He did, he did show up when we needed him to show up the most and we haven't seen that from ch before so maybe there's a trend up but he still looks the same reese he's still small he's still slow he's still not finding the holes like it's so funny we have such a great offensive line and there are like very quick holes and he doesn't even have to be as elusive as isaiah pacheco he just needs to look left or right but he just he gets the yips and he just goes straight into the butt of joe joe tooney better vision CEH or Najee Harris? Whoa. <laughs> uh, I mean, I kind of like Najee, actually, so I'll say Najee. That's fair. I, I <laughs> Matt I, Canada. Did you know that the that the Steelers are doing worse statistically, offensively, after firing Matt Canada? Dude, it's insane. Who's, who's the big problem now? Let's get our, let's get our tinfoil hats on. Yeah, right? Who's going to last longer, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin at this rate? Ooh. I mean, yeah. definitely Tomlin. Tomlin has made lemonade out of, like, seeds of lemons. That's very true. That's Mason, very true. Mason Rudolph to the playoffs. Like, come on. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I mean, who are they, who are they starting right now? It's uh, Mason Rudolph, it Mason actually. Rudolph again? Yeah, I think. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it Rudolph just going or down Duff? the list. Was it Rudolph or Duck Hodges that got like Miles Garrett destroyed? Uh, I think it was Rudolph. Rudolph, dude. Yeah, and then they had an they had an exchange. Um, An exchange, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, An exchange of helmet, yeah. (laughs) That was that was some Draymond Green stuff. Uh, All right, anything else, Reese? Before we before we call it a day. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, thirty seconds. Who's your MVP? Ooh, Tyree Kill. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, I think, is 400 yards away from breaking 2,000. And I think even so, I really don't like the quarterback. I don't think there's a superior quarterback right now. I know we've talked about Brock Purdy. But again, in that offense, and it's a very efficient offense, and I think his stats translate to that efficiency, um, I don't know if I can chalk that up to Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is amazing. I think he's great. But uh, Tyreek Hill is extraordinary. So here's my thing. I agree with you. No quarterbacks. I'm going to debunk Brock Purdy right now. Brock Purdy cannot be most valuable player when they went on a three-game losing streak when he lost one or two of his weapons. So that says who's valuable in San Francisco? It's not Brock Purdy. You can't give it to Josh Allen because the Bills are playing better by restricting Josh Allen's time with the ball. This last week's beatdown with the Cowboys, he was what, 7 for 15 for like 91 yards and only like 110 total yards from scrimmage? Josh Allen... He said he did nothing. 
Josh Allen is chaos magic, man. It's like he can make a big play, but I think right now he actively makes the Bills worse when he takes over games. Like you said, Cook, Cook is cooking right now. I don't want to play Cook again. So I'm going to say my MVP, probably Tyree Kill if he gets 2,000 yards within 16 games. If he gets like 20, 50 by the 17th game, eh, it's kind of cheating. Okay. I like CMC as well. I think he's having a fantastic year. Best running back year probably since Adrian Peterson won the MVP. Yeah. So he's, he's balling out. And he, he makes that offense click, man. They've been a different offense since they brought him on like week seven last year, whatever it was. And and that proves our point about Brock Purdy, right? Because Brock Purdy, if you name him most valuable player, that means he is the most valuable player in the NFL. He's not even the most valuable player on his team right now, right? You just named CMC. Let me name some others. How about how about Armstead? How about Nick Bosa? How about Debo Samuel? How about let me uh yeah, how about Hargrave? How about George Kittle? You know, all these players are better than Brock Purdy on that team. So, I don't know. He's yeah. playing great. Not going to say that he's a bad player, but I'm saying Tyreek is extraordinary. And boy, do I miss him. But hey, we got a Super Bowl out of it, so whatever. Yes, sir. Super Bowl, McDuffie, bunch of other dudes. We roll on. Reese, are you scared about this uh, Raiders game on Christmas? What, what's, what's your score before we end? I would say I'm not super afraid of this Raiders game right now because if you would have told me the Chiefs need to beat the Raiders with a backup quarterback at Arrowhead on a nationally televised game and that locks up the division and your playoff spot, I like those odds. Now, if the Broncos were only a game behind us and this was like a must-must win, I'd be a little more nervous. I think the team would be playing a little more uptight, but... I would love to see us just go out there, roll the Raiders on Christmas, give them coal in their stockings. I'm going to say Chiefs win this one 26 to 20. Mm, Oh, wow. That's close. That's that's a one-scored game. Yes. We're going to do something stupid and give them like an extra (laughs) touchdown with like four minutes left. It's going to be 26 to 13. This game's over. Guess what? I don't know, CEH or somebody fumble sixes. You know, it's I vomit just thinking that. (laughs) I'm going to say pretty similar to this previous score. How about 27 to 10? Um, Mm. Because they got, they also have no Josh Jacobs as of now. Um, So that would be pretty bad. They only have Devontae Adams. Uh, Again, Aiden O'Connell not playing that great. I'm sure we'll start slow out of the gate because Max Crosby, he's just that guy and he's probably the best defensive end in the league and he hates Patrick Mahomes. Um, But again, he's going to piss off Pat and then Pat's going to cook um so it might be a little slow we'll see dude speaking of mac uh, max crosby i found out a super interesting stat about him the other day did you know that he has two x's in his name yeah m-a-x-x yeah yeah did you know his mom gave him the second x because he was a big baby <laughs> dude i had never heard these stats before in my life these are all brand new exclusive stats all right and <laughs> And that, and that is our Christmas special. That is our Christmas joke to end the podcast. Did you know he's never cold because he always has sleeves? <laughs> what, what else? Do you have any more? you have any more of these quick ones? That's, that's it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. We will be talking after the uh, Chiefs Raiders game. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you and have a great uh, festive week. And we'll see you next time with some great content. And hopefully Zach Ertz is on the team next week. Then we can talk about it. But until then, go Go Chiefs! Chiefs! 
like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.